0: Thirty-six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one-dollar-per-month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash
2: weight loss.
0: An Erio's
1: original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Okay. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Now, we are going to have an an Anita Hill guest expert for next week's Aftermath, so make sure to tune in next week for that. And for today's Aftermath, we are going to be doing a mailbag episode, uh, responding to all of our listeners' emails, thoughts, questions, everything. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Alarmy. And fact checker Chris
2: Smith. Hi, everyone.
1: (laughs) Hey guys how are you doing how are we doing
2: amanda you want to take this one
3: um i'm great i'm (laughs) totally fine and i'm i'm happy because my friends are home from canada
1: that's right just a little update for our listeners we were in montreal for two and a half months but now we're back on the west coast you can hear how sunny and cheery our our, uh, voices are
2: Yes, we're definitely less cold. Um, there are when we
1: were in Montreal, we were like, "Boom!" Well, you
2: could probably hear teeth shattering, that kind of thing. Which hey,
1: probably... hey, welcome to the alarmist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and yeah, I think we're feeling really good. We're in our new little garage uh, studio space that we're recording from. So just so you guys know, it's this exciting new... Alarm. Here's an alarmist update on Chris and Rebecca's garage. It used to be a garage for just cars, and now we, it's for podcasting. It's for podcasting.
1: Um, but
2: that was from all the money we made from uh, all the podcasting that we've done. <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> don't tell them that, then they won't think they have to rate and review. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: no.
3: no, and speaking of rate and reviews, um, well, Amanda,
1: what how are we doing with? our uh ratings and reviews we're doing
3: good the alarmy they've stepped up um good so and and like if if we can continue this streak it'll be really really good i don't have my phone in front of me to read any of the new reviews but i will just say that we look at every single one of those and those help us climb up the charts so thank you for everyone who's taken the time to uh to give us five stars and as we've said before even though people um still like to call out their favorite one of us and then someone left a review the other day saying that Clayton was actually their favorite yes I was just
1: gonna read that oh yeah go go ahead
3: let's let's hear it
1: this is for from Daisy Fever and she said five stars my favorite I've been binging your show for months and I'm just now to the beginning of 2021 I love you all but Clayton is my favorite Thanks for always having him as a special guest. Any thoughts on making him a permanent co-host? Just think about it. Winky
3: face. I don't know. Um, He's giving Chris a run for his money. Chris, how does well, that Well, we
2: got the IT guys. Uh, we have an IT department here at the Alarmist. We got the guys to uh, search the database, and they tracked the ping on one of the radars at the local station. They found out that that review was actually sent by Clayton himself. So, unfortunately... While it was very nice and a good try for Clayton kind of angling to be the next, you know, to take over, I'm pretty sure we are pretty sure the IT department at least is about 99% Uh. sure that that was definitely Clayton.
1: And, you know, like, here's the thing, like Amanda said, we don't want, you don't have to leave who your favorite, you know, alarmy, alarmist host is you know you don't have to do that and it's not like we're like really keeping count even though like Amanda has one I have one and Clayton has one and Chris has zero and it's (laughs) but it's not like we're keeping count
3: but a lot of people do call out Chris like they'll be like Amanda and Chris and I have to say we are keeping count and Rebecca obviously you're ahead (laughs) (laughs) I a lot, as it should be, because being the host of this show is a huge responsibility that Chris and I cannot handle.
1: (laughs) What do you mean? Chris is uh, really good with DuckDuckGo. He can figure it out. Look,
2: I know my place. Um, I'm the guy who, when push comes to shove, I will open a new web page, and that will be a Google search, not just the DuckDuckGo search. Oh, okay. So I know when to do that, when to ratchet it up, my fact-checking. And also, I do want to say there was one review that mistook me for they thought I had blonde hair. And so while <laughs> that, that, doesn't mean while that might not favorite. be, okay, Chris is my favorite, it's definitely I'm thinking about Chris. This oh, is I'm picturing no. what his hair looks like. And so that I feel like there are more implications there than just saying, you know, like, whatever, someone's my favorite. So something to think about.
1: Sure. And uh, you know, speaking of Chris and his um good fact-checking, uh, a, a, an episode or, or a few aftermaths ago, Chris mentioned something that he could count to a trillion. Remember he said he yes. could count to a trillion in two days? One the, weekend. One well, weekend. A well, uh, well, uh, holiday
2: weekend. Give okay. me three days.
1: <laughs> well, we, we had a listener write in on our Discord page, and this is from Denny, and they said, okay, so I had to count. Trillion is a trillion they wrote the number for a trillion if we believe fact checker chris that he can count to 20 in 30 seconds uh three seconds three seconds seconds, seconds, which is not true but let's assume that it would take one uh okay so uh 150 uh trillion it would take 150 trillion seconds to count to a, a trillion
2: no, that's probably is a billion, 150 billion seconds to count to a trillion.
1: 150, yes, sorry, uh, uh, to a billion. That's about 4,756 years, if my math is correct. <laughs> so, You'll need a lot of those weekend supplies.
2: Now, I mean, I just feel like, get me a Red Bull. Uh, I don't plan on sleeping like he's probably like that for 4,000 years, like that's probably like,
3: <laughs> I don't know if they factored in all days. of your meal breaks.
2: <laughs> I do have a <laughs> lot of meal. Well, it's important to, you're not supposed to have three big meals throughout the day. You're supposed to just sort of eat like a bird. So you're supposed to take a lot of meal breaks. So, so, you so how I, many
3: meal breaks do you think you're averaging a day?
2: A day, I'd say. Well, look, and this is aside from if I were to try, try and count to a trillion, right? Because if I were to do that, I would probably slim it down to one quick sort of, or you know, one maybe a three meal day, you know, something like that. Count count to twenty. Again. One two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty. That's <laughs> that's three sec. Probably less than three seconds. I think he needs to redo his math.
3: Okay. Well, have okay. them check their math and then get back to us and include Chris's eight little meal breaks a day. <laughs> Tiny tiny
1: bird meals. <laughs> um, okay, so we've we've gotten some emails, um, and uh, I want to read one first by uh, Carrie, and Carrie writes in, hey, Rebecca, first off, I, I want to say how much I enjoy your podcast and listening to your team every week. I felt like it was my duty to write in about the saying, shit trickles down. Now, I wanted to say something on the very first episode where you used it, but never got around to it. It's a saying that I've heard uh, used by my parents my whole life. We were dairy farmers in small town Wisconsin, and I recall asking my mom what it meant. She said, most farms in our area have creeks that run through their cow pastures. The saying refers to the fact that manure will seep into this creek and travel to the next farmland downstream. Wow! It first came to use what? when farmers started using chemicals on their land, some which were later to be found to, uh, to, to turn, uh, uh, sorry, as not so healthy for the cattle. Whatever the farmer upstream from you was doing would in turn affect the downstream farmer by way of the creek. Hence, shit trickles down. Wow. (laughs) Normally, it would be bigger for uh, more corporate farms using these chemicals and smaller farmers seeing the effect downstream. It developed into a saying that meant basically the little guy always gets screwed (gasps) by what the big guy does up top. Wow. Hope this helps you defend your use of the saying. (laughs) Thanks, Carrie. (laughs)
2: It's incredible. I mean, I, I on behalf of I'm definitely Amanda and the entire army. Sorry, Rebecca. You were you were right. You're you're right. That's a saying. It's a it's a totally applicable one. You are using it right.
3: Yeah, we that, were, See, I always imagined shit like a big boulder rolling down a mountain. Is oh, how funny. I always kind of imagined it, but this is like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's basically yeah. Wow. I mean we're we're going to start using that even more.
2: And it has implications, you know, the Green New Deal implications there with cattle farming, we need to be eating less meat, etc. So very topical as well.
1: I mean, look, I felt extremely validated when I got this email. I mean, one of the best emails I've ever gotten in my life. Um, but in all fairness, I must admit, when I say shit trickles down, I, I, Amanda, it's nice to know that Amanda thinks of it as a boulder. I think of it as like literally seeping down a wall.
2: Oh, shit trickles down. Like somebody threw it against the wall? Yeah. No,
1: like a, a leak. No, like a leak. Oh, I
2: see. <laughs> But oh, like a leak, but gotcha. you know
1: what? no,
3: like a stream uh a cat- with uh, cattle poop. Ugh,
2: you were so you were so close, you were Shit so close
3: trickles to... downstream, I bet was right. the original saying,
1: yeah, yeah, now, I have no connection to Wisconsin or farming, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know where I picked it up
2: <laughs> right, maybe in another life, you know we were always maybe. we were talking about if you have neck pains, then that might have meant that you were uh beheaded. I was beheaded that you were yeah. beheaded um, but um
1: yeah yeah well if
2: you misunderstand a, a saying maybe it means or if a saying just sort of lives in your heart maybe it's because maybe you were one of those rich farmers upstream
3: oh like i was the bad guy maybe. and now your penance is being the alarmist <laughs> <laughs>
2: the
1: karma <laughs> and saying that saying like over and over
2: <laughs> that's right
1: um okay. So um let's let's read another email here. Let's do it. Uh I'm just reading these willy-nilly. We'll see what what they say. Um, Myra Bertel. I have a lot to say about this one. Get your snacks ready. Mm, and boy. this
3: is this, is this disco demolition night.
1: Oh, yes, Disco Demolition Night. Okay. I was a 13-year-old black girl when the demolition night happened. I was just kind of bewildered. Radio during the time was still pretty segregated, and rock stations, at least in L.A., only played white artists. They made an exception for Jimi Hendrix and Thin Lizzy. In those days, white people listened to, quote, white music, and black people listened to, quote, black music. Yes, there were exceptions, but this was the norm. Now, I didn't realize the racist component until I went to high school and came in contact with more white people. Neighborhoods were kind of being integrated. They thought everything that a black artist played was disco. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm. I remember telling this guy I worked at Baskin Robbins with uh, this artist or that artist was a soul artist or an R&B artist or a funk artist. Nope. They just lumped everything in the same category. If it was black or obviously uh, dance music, it was disco and disco sucked. I was like, damn, really? (laughs) You couldn't like both? Because if you were black and if you were black and liked rock music, something was wrong with you. And your uh, black peers thought that you were nuts. If you were white and you liked disco, well, I didn't, personally didn't know any uh, white kids that would admit to liking disco. MTV came around and quickly followed suit. They played no black artists at all. I think the first black video they played was Thriller. Now, I secretly w- liked white music, but I couldn't tell anyone. I told my white friends that they, uh, that they thought I was somehow cool. I told my white friends and they thought I was somehow cool. It makes me sick thinking back on it. I like the podcast. I listen often. But for this, uh, this is my first episode. I
3: love that you guys did uh, with the Tulsa riots. Good luck. Um, wow, that's so interesting. And that's coming from someone's firsthand experience. So really, really fascinating. And that makes a lot of sense why it was such a racially charged um, night at Disco Demolition Night be- and why they were burning albums just from black artists that weren't disco if at the time a lot of ignorant white people thought that all black music was just disco.
2: Right. It just seemed like there was some conflating going on there. And and it's also such an interesting point here um, by Myra because, you know, that period of time, there were so many different genres of music and that wasn't always the case, right? I mean, uh, as music got more popular, they just sort of started to segment and, you know, different sort of subcultures started popping up. So, um, yeah, so, so people were probably, you know, that's where sort of a lot of the sort of ignorance comes from is just people shrugging and saying, well, if it's a black artist, it's black music just to make things simpler for themselves.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just wild to me, like, when you look... Maybe what what Myra's experience was like looking back on it, it seemed not normal, you know, mm-hmm. to to uh, to do those things. And now, you know, we have you know grown a little bit more, understand more, and we think back on the things that happened to us as kids, and we're like, "Whoa, that was screwed up."
3: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I will say that I. Also, this is interesting because music, when you think about music, you think of like, oh, it's so transcendent. Like if anything can like, if it's a good song, it's a good song and like white or black, Mm -hmm. like you feel like, oh, everyone's going to appreciate this music. But Um, That obviously wasn't always the case, but I turned on the Grammys the other night and Mm -hmm. I was just fully prepared to kind of hate watch it because the Emmys were so bad. And I was like, okay, let's just watch the Grammys for a second and see like what kind of socially distanced shit show this is. But oh, my God, I ended up watching the whole thing and it was i don't know did you guys see any of it it was amazing and it was so cool just to see like it was just very diverse and you had like black people doing country music and like it was just it was just really cool um yeah and i just felt like oh this is this is awesome that i i really feel like maybe um in 2020 and 2021 like uh, a lot of the genres are kind of crossing over in a cool way interesting we're yeah all
1: sharing it's, it's like all sharing uh i don't know music genres yeah well, well and hopefully- i feel like
3: different types of artists are getting more attention sort of globally yeah. as well like it's not just white english-speaking american right. artists necessarily anymore which mm-hmm. is so cool
2: mm-hmm. i
3: hope we get more bollywood
2: oh my god i love bollywood
1: I know. I just just wish it was more mainstream, you know, here. There's a whole
3: streaming service we just found the other day, just like cruising through our TV. There's like a whole um, Bollywood streaming service. I forget what it's called, but they have a a bunch of... It's not all Bollywood movies. It's just like a bunch of different, um, I think, Indian-made movies, but that looked awesome.
1: We should have a screening uh, this summer. (laughs) (laughs) So... There was this was another um message we got. This one's from Jane Myers and uh, it says, so So intrigued by the disco podcast, the disco episode. Uh, bottom line was I didn't want to give up my bell-bottom jeans. <laughs> the jeans got me through the crazy 60s with all the cultural and historical changes. I was in a small t- town in Ohio. I found the clothes intriguing and the lighted dance floors, so I didn't reject disco totally. I just didn't want to give up the music that was so comfortable to me. I was born in 1952, so I'm looking at this from a much different perspective i would send reluctance to accept cultural change to jail so many of the things that you talk about include cultural change and how difficult that uh, is to experience when you are in the moment i came from the vietnam era and the cold war holding on to something that felt comfortable and familiar was huge
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
1: Mm. That's an interesting perspective. And I can understand being attached to clothing. Like we're having, you know, we're being told right now that skinny jeans are out. Yes. Um, hairlines
3: have to go hairline parts have to go uh through the middle not the side now this is what's coming from gen z obviously this is this is what the media is wanting us to think gen z is thinking but really what's going on is some general Xer out there is writing think pieces about what gen z is screaming (laughs) at millennials so i don't put yes i did change my side part to a middle part Okay, but I'm not giving that a lot of credit. <laughs> I, I'm I'm five feet.
1: I'm very short, everyone. Um, and bell-bottom jeans—they just don't work for short people.
3: <laughs> Is that true? Especially when you're curvy. I don't yeah. know, I feel like the bell-bottom jeans actually really work with the curve because it's sort of—it's like you got the curve at the hip, and then you curve well, back out at the bottom.
1: If you have enough money to get, um, uh, you know, uh, tailored bell bottoms but the problem is that when you're short you buy them so so where your knee is where it goes in it's like by my ankle so like
3: (laughs) i see so you just cut them and then they're skinny leg anyway
2: (laughs)
1: with like a tiny flare at the bottom
3: that's so funny i mean i really could i could see you in what about a boot cut is that
1: acceptable i don't know is it somebody please write in
2: (laughs) i uh i don't think a boot no no it's not Uh,
1: but chris is saying boot cuts are not acceptable but you know what i think will should never be acceptable are low waist jeans
2: those are coming back i think
1: no
3: i think they are unfortunately no amanda the early 2000s the monica Lewinsky low rise express slacks are back no
1: thumbs out I feel like Monica Lewinsky needs to do a PSA
3: about that and just be like, guys, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I like a nice nice mid-rise. You know, because the high waisted sometimes it's not comfy if you have a big meal. The mid rise, I can do.
2: <laughs> I was disappointed that the high ri- the high waisted pants, never crossed over into mainstream for men. It really just stopped sort of on the fringes with like normcore. Like yeah. if you're a man, you can't really pull it off. It's not because I would have really enjoyed that. Well, I, I I think there's still time. I love a and good tuck. I think you'd
3: look great in a pair of high waisted pants.
2: Thank you Amanda. It's nice of you to say, but it's it's and um, this is for the alarmy and anybody listening out there, it's more about how you feel in the clothes. It's true. That's, that's It's true. It's really and and I've tried those high waisters on and I tell you it was hard for me to get out of the dressing room, you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> so, I mean, Jane she Jane really didn't need to give up her bell bottoms. This is this is what we're learning here. It's like you can you can go with the flow and keep a few things that make you feel comfortable and familiar. Right? It's okay to have the have your little uh, uh, nappy or what, what is the what is the thing that little kids sleep with? Your little hey, teddy binky. binky.
3: You're, you're b- <laughs> well, I think you could call. I think those are all made up baby names, so you can call it whatever you
1: want. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a uh, message from Caitlin. Uh, and they, uh, Caitlin says, wait, so quarantine, this is regarding, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Wait, so quarantining back then meant being locked in a house for 28 days, but the entire play takes place over five days. So was Friar John lying? How did he get out of quarantine to tell Friar Lawrence that he couldn't deliver the letter? Now, I, I, lo- I I'm going to tell you what, I love Caitlin because she- Caitlin's a smart cookie here. Um, The really kind of investigative thinking that I enjoy in a person. Um, (laughs) Now, she's right, or they're right. um, And the reason why, so, so Shakespeare makes the play, cuts it down to something like four or five days, right? But it's based on a short story or a novella that, where where it takes, um, I believe it's something like uh, six months. The love affair is six months. Oh. So I think that in, you know, in the translation or in the um, adaptation, some things were, you know, Kind of like slip slip between the cracks, and uh Shakespeare was like, you know what? Don't think about it. We've we just got through Nobody's this.
2: Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. It's like that no. meme. Nobody's gonna know. What they're gonna know. Nobody's gonna know.
3: <laughs> Cut to twenty twenty one. The Alarmist Podcast.
2: Someone finally <laughs> picked it off.
3: Yeah, and in a way, it's like they just went through
1: a, a plague themselves, a, a pandemic themselves. So, you know, I'm sure. He, Shakespeare got uh maybe some some uh shit about it, you know, hey, mm. you know, because think- they would have known what a quarantine was, but perhaps a quarantine back then was also shorter. They saw quarantine as you know it wasn't the standard fourteen
3: days
2: mm.
1: It
3: could also Maybe just be. He escaped
2: be, from the quarantine.
3: Yeah, he could have escaped, or it's just artistic license, right? The, to make those kinds of choices, you're like suspension of disbelief. I mean, this is all kind of happening on a stage, you know, in front of an audience. So if it can. And also, <laughs> like. It so up. relax. I'll Wasn't Juliet played by a, a boy for the most part, too? I'll
2: tell you another thing. The friar could have been lying.
3: Yeah, well, that's. And that's what uh, Caitlin says.
2: Oh, oh. Gotcha.
1: Perhaps the the friar was lying. Mhm.
2: Mhm.
1: Because they're saying that it, it it meant for 28 days back then. So, it's a good point. And if if Friar Lawrence did lie, then that's bad. That's but at the end of the day, it's
3: Friar Lawrence and we sent his ass to jail.
1: Mhm. Uh oh oh, Friar Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting Friar John was possibly lying. Oh, okay. Right. But but Friar Lawrence, at the end of the day, again, I we keep coming back to the fact that he only sent one letter. So that, <laughs> come on, how short sighted do you have to be? Like the, the the their lives are in his hands.
2: He's taking a poison. They're taking poison. they taking
1: poison. Send a multiple letters Send a just to make letters. sure the message gets there. <laughs> so that that's on him. That's on him. Um. So, we, we got a really good response from, uh, from the, the Britney, about the Britney episode. Uh, we had Instagram, Instagram uh, follower com- Paul B. Nixon comment, should we have added toxic American culture to the board? Which I like his play on words there. You I get it because see. of
3: toxic.
2: The taste of your lips, I'm on the rise.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I like that a yeah, lot. We, we missed an opportunity.
2: That was a whiff on our part.
1: Yeah. Yes, that was, a, that, that was a bit of a whiff. But
2: Just checking, was Clayton taking my spot in that episode or was I there? He was. Okay, just <laughs> wanted to note. Just wanted Chris
3: would have caught it
2: it's possible that's possible maybe not just wanted to mention.
1: okay oh and there was another uh, uh, back to the Romeo and Juliet episode uh, Cammy on Discord wrote uh, love the uh, Romeo and Juliet episode interesting to see the evolution of the blame game but I feel like Romeo is highly culpable he's a horny hothead hooligan <laughs> if he had calmed down just a bit none of this would have happened wow <laughs> Kevin makes a good point.
2: <laughs> horny hothead hooligan. Just calm down, buddy. Um, yeah. It's funny because Horatio is even more of a horned up hothead hooligan. Like, they are all horny. They're horned up. Hothead hooligans.
1: And that's what our guest expert talked about. Yeah. I feel
2: like Shakespeare missed an opportunity to name the play that. that could
1: have been <laughs> that's an alliteration, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I love a good alliteration. Um, now this is regarding the Flint water crisis and this is, uh, Evie uh, Jacobo, Evie Jacobo, uh, says, hi, I got, I got to get this out of my chest. (laughs) <laughs> I love I love when it's so intense they they just have to <laughs> get it out. Uh in the Flint water crisis episode, Obama wasn't blamed mm. and he was involved and even visited the place and faked drinking the water.
3: Ooh.
1: I I did read really? about this. He he did go to Flint post uh this was like I I want to say in January like after everything had gone down. And I, I, I'm assuming he drank the water perhaps, faked it. They were faking a, a bunch of that drinking water, remember, because they, they were saying that they were going to uh, drink it. But then at, at work, they had like fridges full of water bottles. Yeah,
2: that's a bummer.
1: Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, that was a whiff.
1: We should have put Obama. We should,
2: yeah. yeah. And I, I, I was there, and if Clayton had been there, he might have mentioned that. So you know,
1: I believe Clayton was also there for oh, Flint. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was the four of us. Oh, that's right. So,
3: yeah. So we I, all I know, get a strike. It, it, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research online. I think it's up for debate whether he faked it or not. Because even if he, people are upset. Even if he did really drink it, because you know, a sip to reassure people is not going to hurt him when th- this is right. these people's uh, you know complete water supply and the experts are saying it's poison it's poison so either way it's crappy
1: now this is another uh email we got fr- uh, about the flint water crisis this one is uh pretty cool uh, Dear Alarmist Podcast, my name is Sarah, and I'm a longtime listener of the pod. I, listen, I love listening every week, and I was so happy you did Flint, Michigan Water Crisis. I'm from a town near Flint, and since 2015, this has been something that has affected so many people's lives. While it was not directly affected... By the crisis, I see the effects and I feel for the people of Flint. It is sad that everyone has stopped talking about this issue. I moved to a different city and no one here knows about the issue. Or if they do, they believe it's over as this is how the media has portrayed it. I just want to say thank you for taking, uh, talking about this issue as this is uh, the only way people can learn more. The episode shows that people do care about the people of Flint. Uh, there are some really awesome doctors, nurses, and healthcare professional- professionals who had been working on the crisis since it started. I believe they deserve the big clap as they have been working hard to help people who have really suffered fr- uh, from the contaminated water. Thanks again. Uh, and this is our listener, Sarah.
3: Wow. So I think we, sh- we should honor Sarah's request. I think so too.
1: So, to the awesome doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals who have been working on this crisis behind the scenes, who, as we know, healthcare professionals are uh, underrated. They don't get the, uh, the applause that they deserve. You're getting the big clap. Woo!
2: Woo! 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 <laughs>
1: Our dogs just perked up. <laughs> like, what are we
2: clapping for? Cla- what are we clapping for nurses? We're getting excited. Are we getting... Work? No, we're, yeah. Nurses and doctors. Flint water crisis. You okay? Okay.
1: So, I mean, do we have time? To- how much more time do we have? Uh, I think we could,
3: listen, we can do one more and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Now, this is from, uh, oh
1: gosh, there's so, uh, there's there's a few more uh let's see here uh okay hi rebecca uh i've written to you before and i'm a big fan i know i've mentioned that i am a mental health therapist and this is from listener uh lisa olivetto and she has written she she wrote to us about the kanye and uh and uh taylor swift episode oh yes no, uh, now Lisa says, I, I come from a, a, f- a family of psychiatrists too, so uh, we wondered what was going on in 2007 when Brittany had the episode. I've read that Brittany is speculated to have bipolar disorder, and the episode in 2007 seemed to be a manic episode with psychotic features, perhaps. Persons with bipolar disorder during a manic or high phase often feel euphoric, brimming with ambitious ideas, their confidence excessively high. They may reach financial decisions that seem sensible to them at the time, which in retrospect are not. People may spend extravagantly and build up considerable debts. This is a very treatable disease, but it does take time for medications to reach full efficacy. And it, it may be why Brittany was kept in the hospital for a while. And while it's treatable, unfortunately, there's no cure and must be managed throughout one's lifetime. While in a manic phase, I have had clients go through their entire savings and get themselves deep Mm. in debt. I I guess we don't know if Brittany uh, has had the tendency to overspend or make poor financial decisions, but it may be a reason this conservatorship happened. I've had clients as young as Brittany have a family member or a lawyer managing their finances. However, I think many, many impartial mental health professionals should be involved in making these decisions so vulnerable people are not taken advantage of by family members. I think the guest expert made such an important point when he said uh, society doesn't recognize mental health issues as disabling There are illnesses like any other health condition, and people with these diagnoses can qualify and receive Social Security disability benefits depending on their situation. I think we all need to recognize that these illnesses are often invisible and stigmatized and do our part to fight to change that. Best regards, Lisa. Wow. I love when Lisa writes in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Very interesting.
1: Yeah, she's the reason, she at least is the reason we um, have totally like kind of changed our, uh, just the way we talk about mental health by calling things uh, untreated mental illness. Um, So she's very insightful and has really helped us create more thoughtful conversation around the topic.
2: Yeah, for sure. And this is a really good point and something you hear a lot when... Issues around mental health come up, which is that um, it's a disability that you uh, perhaps can't see mm. um, in some cases, uh, in a, in a lot of cases. So um, to recognize as it as such is is important.
3: It's True. Maybe that's what's in the the hidden document um, would be that diagnosis. <laughs> it's also interesting too because you hear a lot of people in the Free Britney movement being like, "She's so young and er, you know has is so functional career wise." It's so unusual for her to have a conservatorship, but interesting um, that uh, Lisa's point that she's seen young people with untreated bipolar disorder under conservatorships. So it it does make sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: and maybe perhaps the the financial uh, issue is is why she is still in a conservatorship. Right, but as the so, guest
3: expert explained to us, there are two different types of conservatorships, right. and she thought it would be appropriate to you know if they want if she wanted to keep the financial one and just get rid of the other one, that means her dad can tell her like her every move exactly, mm-hmm. so hopefully this will get sorted out, and Brittany
1: you know will be able to have the kind of conservatorship or or not that she um that she wants.
2: And is for best for her, you know, and
1: is best for her for sure. Um, so that is all in terms of emails. I mean, I, I, I love everyone's feedback and I love everyone writing in. Um, so keep, Keep that up, guys, and keep up the, re- you know, rating and reviewing because we need to get up on those char- charts. I mean, Amanda, what are the odds that we're going to be like the number one comedy podcast on the charts? What what, what do we have to
3: do to get there? Um, we have
2: to murder Joe Rogan to start.
3: <laughs> yes, murder Joe Rogan, and then we'll have to take out Conan O'Brien. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the odds are great. The really good odds for us to get to number one If everyone who listens would rate and review. But there are other ways you can sp- support the show too. You could um, give us a one-time tip by going to the ACAST supporter feature in our show notes. Uh, there's no uh, monthly obligation. It's just like, hey, love the podcast. Here's $10. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can also... This is this is kind of more for fun and to spread the word, but we have merch, uh, which I mean, we're not making a lot of money on the merch, okay? <laughs> we got to pay the shipping <laughs> company and stuff, but it's still fun. So check out our merch at net and go to the shop page. You'll see all of our cool Alarmist merch. Um, and also I got to say when we when you hear the ads and it's Rebecca reading like a HelloFresh ad, if you can support us by getting using our code that's how we get more advertisers, and that's how companies renew their campaigns. So that's also really helpful, and there's a little something in it for you, too.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to uh, support the show. And I do want to add that all of the the money that comes in from uh, the ACAST um, tips goes right back into the show, and uh, we're working on uh, better sound equipment and making sure, you know – Guests like Clayton to have a microphone they can use. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: Snack, snacks for Chris.
3: No, snacks.
1: he's not getting Chris's like, six, his six tiny snacks. meals. <laughs> his six tiny
3: meals. I just,
2: just a couple string cheese. I throw a couple <laughs> string trees my way a couple hours before the podcast and I'll be you know, ready to go.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So thank you so much for, for all of that. Um, yeah. it, it really it goes straight back in. And
3: also, if we. Um, We've started doing this thing where on our Instagram and Twitter, we post on Wednesdays our upcoming episode, and we ask you guys to comment um, with ideas for what to put on the board, and we choose one concept from your suggestions, and we'll shout you out in the episode. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That, yeah, and, and
1: last week, one of the, our listener's suggestions ended up getting, getting the big slab. So your, your voice is getting heard. So follow us on Instagram. We're at The Alarmist Podcast. Um, well, uh, I think that's it for this Thursday.
2: Yeah. I'm ready for a snack. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford it.
1: Can, no. <laughs> uh, but thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. We are going to be discussing... Carrie, the movie, the 1976 horror classic. It's going to be juicy. ERIOS
3: Powered by ACAST